Hi, I'm Reagan, and thanks for listening to my dad's podcast, Lasting Learning. Welcome to Lasting Learning, the podcast that was started because I thought I had things to say. The podcast that continues to grow because we've learned that your stories matter more. Welcome to Lasting Learning, where we explore great people doing extraordinary things, sharing with us the lasting lessons they've learned along the way. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Today's a cool episode because uh, I get to play groupie, fan, I, I, I creeper, whatever you want to call it <laughs> a, a little bit, because I'm hanging out with somebody that I have followed for a while who inspires me and keeps me going, keeps that that fire burning deep down inside to stay true to the work that we all do, the work that we love, regardless of what the work is. She's a woman help, who helps us, helps remind me and helps remind all of us about our purpose, our plans, and how to take the action steps to keep going, even when it gets hard. You might be feeling burnt out. You might be feeling exhausted, but no worries. Amber Harper is here today to remind us all how to stay burned in and fired up. So Amber, thank you so much for being here today. Dave, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So, so Amber, I said I've followed you for a while here. Um, I've read the book. I've listened to your podcast. I, um, I've actually got your website open right now. It's kind of like minimized on my desk constantly when I need those little reminders. But for some crazy reason, there might be other people in this world who have yet to discover you. Can you just explain to people who you are on the personal side, and then we'll merge that into professionally who you are? Yeah, yeah. So my name is Amber Harper. I am a kindergarten teacher in Northeast Indiana. I've taught for 14 years, not consecutively. And I am a mom of two girls with my high school sweetheart, uh, We, who is a principal in the district that I work in, actually. And um, our oldest is 21. She is a college student at IU, Indiana University, Bloomington. And our youngest is 14. She's a, um, a freshman. And uh, yeah, we just we just enjoy personally. Um, we enjoy being outside. We love hiking. We love exploring national parks. That's one beautiful perk of being a teacher is we have those amazing summers to explore our country and uh, hopefully our world one of these days. And um, yeah, so that's me personally. I um, I just turned forty in November, which is really interesting. And uh, welcome to yeah. the dark side. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, <laughs> that is a whole animal. Let me tell you, we could have a whole podcast episode about turning 40 and being a teacher. But uh, yeah, so personally, that's that's who I am. I enjoy running. I, I love to be physically active. And uh, and that's a huge part of my message as well at Burned In Teacher. And uh, yeah, I'm at my second, I'm sorry, I'm at my third district, my third, fourth school, and uh, something interesting, too, about my story is that I have left teaching twice and returned twice. So you probably already know that, Dave. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it's all it's all super relevant to your story, right? Yeah, it really is. First of all, I'm going to start with yeah, the 40. I'm glad that you said it so I don't have to, to feel weird now <laughs> talking about your age a little bit. But I've got a few years on you. And trust me, it, it doesn't get any better. You might yeah. start to accept it in your brain a little bit more, but your body rebels every single morning. So, um, God bless yeah. America. And I'm uh, fighting, I'm fighting to keep, to, to keep feeling better. I refuse. I, re and that's, <laughs> I refuse to settle for accepting 40 as like going downhill. Like I want to feel okay. better and better and better. And that's, that's actually a big part of what I do. That's awesome. And for burning teacher. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and I also want to compliment you two girls, you. a 14 year old, mm -hmm. 21 year old. So mm -hmm. I've got four kids. Mm -hmm. But I've got uh, one girl in that mix, and she is in middle school right now. This is your opportunity. Give me a pep talk and let me know that I'm going to survive this. Because uh, I, I taught middle school. I thought mm -hmm. I understood it. But it's a different animal when that middle schooler is a girl living in your old house. Mm -hmm. um, 
get, give me some motivation <laughs> and convince yeah. me that I don't need to just live at the liquor store. <laughs> uh, well, number one, um, a lot of deep breaths. And I always compare, I, I really do look back at what, how I behaved and, uh, what I did and what I said when I was 14 and she's still a much better human than I was at 14. And, um, just like what we do with our students, like I, I try to lead with empathy and try to always remind myself that no matter what a good kid she is, most of the time, her frontal lobe is still not completely developed yet. Mm. So, you know, she's not, she's not, uh, out of the woods for, you know, making bad decisions or saying something she shouldn't. And, um, you know, just continuing to check in with her is what, what we try to do continually and just know what's happening in her life. Mm. There's a lot, there's a lot that we don't see. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, that sounds so simple, but it's, it's so profound. You just got to check in because it's, yeah. it's easy to just keep the space, keep the distance, say yeah. they're, they're going to figure it out. They've got their own world. I've got my own world. It's easier yeah. just to do that, but that checking they're in so is independent. so important. Yeah. Yeah. They're so independent. And, um, for us, because she's our youngest, you know, we just, we've had, it just feels like a whole nother life. Like we have, We've really worked hard with our girls to help them to become independent people. You know, we don't want either of them to live in our basement um, for any extended amount of time, um, unless it be for a very special reason. And we just, so she is a very independent girl, um, but she's still only 14. So mm -hmm. she still needs guidance. She still needs coaching. And let me, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump to this really quickly. Um, so being the burned in teacher, I do get told this statement quite a bit, mom, don't go all burned in teacher on me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But and, I, I, yeah. And if I'm having my own bad day and I'm not uh, being so burned in myself, she is sure to let me know, mom, that is not very burned in of you. And I'm like, I'm allowed to have a bad day too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that kind of that coaching and that I love to do with teachers so much. I, I tell Avery, you know, that is our job as parents is to coach yeah. you through the good, through the easy stuff and also through the hard stuff. And um, yeah, so that's kind of just how we, how we approach yeah, those I, teenage I, challenges. I love that comparison too. You know, you talk about the the burned in teacher and if there are administrators listening right now, I'm, I'm wondering if you're making that connection between administrator and teacher. You talk about yeah. yourself with other teachers that you might coach, consult, and work with as well, who mm -hmm. it's, you know, teachers sometimes say, I just want autonomy. I want to be able to do things in my own way, in my own space, in my own room, by myself, just leave me alone. But the reality is they crave that connection. They need that connection. They need yeah. to be, to, to have that, that, that opportunity to continue to grow and, and be fed. Not to say that teachers or educators are like a 14 year old, but there are some similarities there um, right. just between people. All people need connection. Right. They need connection. And we also need to grow. I think that's sometimes something that gets in the way of our ability to grow, especially through those hard challenges, is that understanding that we don't know everything. Yeah. You know, and we have room to to learn and we we have plenty of room to make mistakes and we're not perfect. And what worked the last 10 years might not work the next 10 years, you know? And so I think I, I, I am a proponent in some situations to definitely closing your door and doing what you know is best for kids. But I think you also on the opposite end of that spectrum, be ready to open that door and ask mm -hmm. for help and to be willing to admit that you don't know how to tackle something that's, that's really hard. Yeah, that's good. So, so let's open up this door that has been mm -hmm. opened up right now. Uh, we've talked about burned in quite a bit, and some people might not necessarily know what that means. They've heard sure. of being burned out. Um, over the last couple of years, it seems like everybody has been burned out. There's been a lot of talk about the great resignation, and I want to get your two cents on that piece as sure. well. You also mentioned how you've had uh, multiple jobs in multiple mm -hmm. buildings, multiple districts, multiple organizations, if you will, but yet you continue to, to feel burned in. So mm -hmm. explain that, that concept to, to the listeners. What does it mean to be burned in? Yeah. So I created the name, like if we get right down to the brass tacks of the name burned in, I actually came up with that name back in 2016 when I was coming back from a Google summit uh, in Franklin, Indiana. I was really super inspired by these teachers that were 
um, that were leading these, these breakout sessions and the keynote speakers. And I just felt so inspired and so on fire. And that was everything that I was not feeling on my way down to this conference. Mm. And it was different than I'd ever felt before after going to a conference. And I thought, you know, gosh, I am 180 degrees feeling the opposite of how I felt on the way down here. I'm not feeling burned out anymore. I'm feeling burned in. And that's because like I'm leaving with like a goal. Mm. I'm not just leaving with all of these random ideas that will probably fizzle out. I am leaving with a solid goal. I want to become a Google trainer. I want to become a Google certified educator. I may even want to do this crazy Google innovator thing that I don't really know what it is. And and in addition to that, I want to start blogging and I want to start telling my story because I am sick and tired of riding this roller coaster and accepting my misery as my destiny as a teacher. And so what a burned in teacher is, it, a burned in teacher, I always like to lead with what it is not, okay? A burned in teacher is, it does not have it all together. They are not perfect. They don't have wonderful days every day. They're not skipping down the hallway, spewing toxic positivity to everybody that they meet. A burned in teacher is somebody who knows their goals. They are intentional about what they do every day. They know not just their why for teach, but they for teaching, but they know their why for why they're leaving each day, why they're setting boundaries, and they know what their next best step is. And essentially what they know is that they are never going to settle for feeling like they aren't worthy. And they're never going to settle for not empowering themselves to do the right thing that's right for them um, in the end. So um, so I want to make sure that people understand that. Amber Harper doesn't have it all figured out. Amber Harper still cries at the end of the day sometimes because it was an especially hard day. Amber Har Harper sometimes struggles with work-life balance, not necessarily with school and life, but burned in teacher and life because work-life work balance is really hard. Um, I, I have hard behaviors in my classroom. Um, I have a long laundry list of to do things to do. Um, but what keeps me burned in is that I know that today is a blip on the radar mm. and nothing that happens today, anything that happens today, I get to choose if I carry it into the next day. I get to choose if I carry it out the door. I get to choose what I'm doing with my time after my contract hours and even within my contract hours with how I spend my planning and prep time and what I say yes and no to. So really you've opened Pandora's box basically, Dave, because <laughs> being a burn-in teacher is, is difficult. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. The process is simple, but it's not easy because it really is about transforming your beliefs, your habits, your mindset, and it's about doing things differently than you've ever done before. That's good. And I love how you you painted what it's not. I think that's an extremely important thing for you to do because there, there are some misrepresentations of, sure. of what it means or even what you stand for or mm -hmm. the image that you're trying to, to convey. I'm going to ask a question. I don't know if it's even a question that you can answer, uh, but I'm going to yeah. ask it anyway. So the the whole burned in teacher, it's it's a side hustle. I'll use that term. I don't know if that's fair sure. or not, but it's a, it's a passion that is, is also... Uh, a business entity, if you will, for you. It's 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 a product. It's an idea. It's a brand. It's you've got a book, podcast, website. You speak all those things. It's based off of a belief. It's based off of something that you hold true to. It's it's also a passion. Do you feel like if if administration came to you today and said you can no longer do that side hustle, you can no longer have that passion project, would you still be able to be burned in on the the day job, or is it the the project that keeps you going? Oh man, Dave, you've it's like you've been like in my head <laughs> because I've actually told people before one thing that really does keep me burned in is burned in teacher mm -hmm. because this is something this is this is my why outside of school. Yeah. Aside from my family, like I obviously have my personal core values, right? Like they are my number one priority. Um, but building burned in teacher ignited that desire in me to build something that's mine and to have something that I, that I can offer to people that I so badly needed for 11 years of my career where I was suffering and struggling in silence. And I always get emotional whenever I talk about this. And this is even, you know, close to seven years later after I've built burned in teacher, knowing that I get to impact the lives of my students which, you know, if I left, 
safety. If I left this classroom, somebody else would step in and and do it. Maybe not exactly like me, but they would come in and be a kindergarten teacher. Nobody else can do burned in teacher. Like Mm. that is mine. And that's something I built that means so much to me on so many different levels. And I think it would be hard for me. It would be hard for me to say, okay, I'll let Vernon teacher go so I can still teach here. Um, actually, that was one thing that I asked in my interview uh, back in spring of 2021. Um, I said, I, actually, I didn't ask this. So this district that I'm in, um, the princi- I knew the principal already. And she said, are you continuing, would you plan on continuing Vernon teacher if you were hired here? And I said, absolutely, yes, I will not quit. And I think that that speaks not just for me, because this is the thing about burnout that I have realized over my own journey and then coaching hundreds of teachers around the world um, and thousands through the podcast and speaking is that burnout is so deeply personal that it is absolutely asinine to me that you could go through a checklist of things such as drink more water, take your email off of your phone, get more sleep, say no more often, and then your burnout will go away. My my remedy for me to be a burn-in teacher is very different than the teacher that it's next door. And I know my I know the teacher next door very well. Not everybody has the desire to start a business and to be a CEO, you know, and to have a side hustle. That doesn't make everybody that doesn't satisfy some people's desires outside mm-hmm. of the classroom. For some people, their desires are to go home and read a good novel by themselves. Yeah. Right. For me, that's not that's not what I want for me. That's not going to help me to to stay ignited as a teacher. But for me, like I, I absolutely this this is the calling that I had. So especially in the years of 2014 through uh, well, I'm going to say 2013 through 2016 until I created Burn and Teacher. I, I loved teaching, but I felt like I was being called to do something else. And I just couldn't figure out what it was. And that was my struggle for for several years is I love teaching and I'm good at it, but is this is this all I meant to do? And I don't mean that as like oh, just mm-hmm. teachers, you know, there's that low on the totem pole. I don't mean that. I meant for me, for Amber, is this, is this all that I'm meant to do? Because I feel like I keep being pulled over here. Am I crazy? Am I being ungrateful? And it turns out, no. I just needed to keep exploring. I needed to keep trying things. I needed to leave my district I was in. I needed to try this executive director and uh, position. I needed to fail. I needed to move to this district. I needed to teach this grade level. And I needed to say yes to going to this Google Summit because all of those things led to where I am now and led to me understanding that sometimes teaching is not enough. Such a powerful, people. yeah. That's such a powerful thing to say, and it's something I think is is seen as a taboo thing to say for for so many people. There are so many educators out there that are fearful of other people finding out that they have other passions or and interests. Like this is supposed to be all consuming, all yeah, the time. and it's supposed to be your calling, Correct. you know. And I don't buy that. No, it's that's good. That's I good. I I've said before, um, and maybe I, I I'm gonna try to read your facial expression by this, but I feel like at times, um. We all need a silent investor in our life. And I've had jobs. I've worked as a teacher and I've worked as an administrator before where that was my silent investor. They were the ones that were subsidizing my income so that I could go do the other things that I knew were filling my bucket, right? Yeah. Um, You know, you see people on Shark Tank all the time going up there. They've got this product that they know works for them and they're looking for somebody that can just infuse the capital. They don't need somebody that's going to drive it. They just need a little bit of capital so they can go out and do it. And that's what some of those jobs were for me. Doesn't mean I didn't give my all when I was there. Doesn't mean yeah. I wasn't doing, I wasn't a good employee, but I knew that I needed something else. And if I didn't get that something else, I wasn't gonna be able to stay where I was. Absolutely. And I, I, I love how you're amplifying that message as well, that it, that's okay. And yet you yeah. still consider yourself to be burned in. So that's good. Yeah. And, and in addition to, you know, burn in teacher fueling my, my passion to teach, because I know that even if this day sucked, mm-hmm. I have I have other things to do. Yeah, I'm not just I don't have time to go home and stew about this child's choice or this long list of things to do or what that teacher down the hall said or whatever. I don't have time for that. That's that is I'm not going to major in minor things because I don't have time for that. Um, and another thing about you know what you just said about you know teaching being a silent investor is that one thing that we love as a family is we love to travel. 
We love, I mean, that is our love. That is our main core value as a family is traveling. And my gosh, what other job are you going to find that gives you 14 Hmm. weeks off a year? Mm -hmm. And I know you'll have some teachers that are like rolling their eyes. Yeah, right. 14. Well, for us, we protect that time. We protect those weeks and those are ours. Now, my husband, not so much 14 because he's a principal. So he has slightly less weeks, but that is a gift that teaching gives us. And again, so if we have a crummy day or a crummy week, you know what? We've got, we've got spring break coming. We've got summer break coming. And I am not, let me say this too. I'm not a proponent of living only for breaks. Okay. Because we also want to enjoy our days and we don't just want to live for the weekend. Right. We, we want to have habits and and beliefs and, and strategies and routines during our day that make it enjoyable. But um, there's always something to look forward to. And some a quote that I heard a while ago um, was, in order to be happy, you need someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Mm. And that that for us, we always have something that's planned to look forward to. And that's that's just something that's, again, another perk of being a teacher. So good. So good. And so right. You know, it, you mentioned your husband. I'm going to bring him mm-hmm. into the fold here. Yeah. And I, I don't know how comfortable you are speaking on his behalf. But he's, well, he's if he was sitting here, I'd be a little less comfortable, but since he's <laughs> okay. not here, it's Whatever. We'll, we'll make stuff up. <laughs> we'll, we'll depend on, it's Sounds up good. to you whether or not you choose to share this with him or not, but he's more private than I am. Okay. So he, he's an administrator. He's a principal. Yeah. Yes. Um, and just because of that fact and the fact that you are two different people, mm-hmm. I would imagine that you don't always see everything eye to eye, right? You're Correct. two different people, but you're, you're married, you're raising kids, the whole thing, but two different people, two different positions, two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a, a a former building administrator and a former um, central office administrator. There were times in in my career when I would interview knee teacher candidates and I would hear them speak the truth and I'd say, wow, at least I know who they are. Thank you so much for being so transparent, so vulnerable, so real. But then there would be times when somebody would speak their truth and they would say s- statements like what you just made, which make perfect sense. But I would hear that and say, "Uh, uh-uh. I want somebody that's going to be burning the candle at both ends. I need somebody that's going to go all in. I want a teacher that's not checking out at the end of the day. I need somebody that's going to be responding to my emails at six or seven o'clock at night. I might not say it, but in my head, I need it and I feel it. I'm going to send those emails on Sunday morning and say, don't check this till Monday, but I'm checking to see how many people actually read it on Sunday. You know, I, I'm doing those things yeah. because in my head, those are the teachers that truly make a difference because teachers will tell you we earn our summers. We earn our vacations because of how many hours we work during the year. So teachers earn your hours. Again, I wouldn't necessarily say it because that would come across extremely harsh, but I thought it and I acted on it. Um, what What are your thoughts to that? Do you, do you, do you think that um, administrators need to listen to your message more or do you think teachers need to buy into your message more? Oh my gosh. Can I say both and? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't always have to be an or. Here's the thing. I mean, when you described that principle, that is definitely not the principle that my husband is. In fact, yesterday. Not the first time um, somebody said that their husband is a better person than me. I got it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were actually chatting about an email that he sent regarding something that wasn't school related. And um, he was like, do you think it's okay to, uh, do you think it's okay to send this today? And I was like, Absolutely. Because right now it works in your, it works within your schedule to send the email. You're not sending it, believing that everybody's going to read it and it's not time sensitive. And and that's, I, I could go off, you know, and talk about this for a long time, but it's like, everybody's different. Everybody has different goals. Everybody has different lifestyles. Some kids, some people don't have kids. Some people do have kids. Some people had kids. Now they're empty nesters. Some kids, you know, I keep saying kids, sorry. Some teachers find that they do their best work right after school and maybe an hour after school, you know, contract hours, or some teachers feel like they do their best in the mornings um, before school and they come in super early. Some teachers leave right at contract time and maybe they spend an hour or two on Saturday mornings in the school with a hot cup of coffee and no one's bothering them. The fact is everybody, you get to choose. So number one, you get to choose how much time you dedicate, okay? Now, in terms of the principle that you described in this interview, you can't self-care your way out of a toxic 
school culture. You can't self-care your way out of a micromanaging relationship with your principal. And that's some, unfortunately, that's some of the cases of teachers who are feeling burned out is they do feel micromanaged. They do feel like their principal expects them to work, you know, burn the candle at both ends. They do work for a principal who expects them to have their email on their phones with notifications on. Now, legally, I don't think you can tell anybody to do that, but some principals do kind of exude that expectation. And it's like an unwritten expectation. Um, to that, I would say, is that the right school for you? Because not all leaders are like that. Um, but I think too, I think we have to be really careful to not pass judgment on teachers that are doing things the way that they do them best. If you, if you looked at my schedule, if you looked at when I show up at school and when I stop or, you know, when I leave school and, and you, you measured my um, efficacy as a teacher based on the amount of hours that I was working on school, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a very good teacher mm. because I arrive between 7 and 7.30. I dedicate about a half an hour. I'm sorry, 45 minutes before, sorry, 30 minutes before contract hours start and, you know, 45 minutes before students come in. And typically I'm done working on schoolwork at 3.30, which is our contract time. So, I mean, what is that? I work an extra two and a half hours a week. I don't take schoolwork home with me ever. Um, I had to do it two weeks ago and I was ticked. So and that was the first time all year that I had to take schoolwork home with me. And I didn't work on it for very long, but it was because it was the end of the, it was like pro, um, progress reports. I, I would be an ineffective teacher if you, but if you would come into my classroom, my kids are engaged. My kids are learning. My kids are growing like crazy. And that's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. So I think that we have to stop passing judgment on teachers that are really great at time management and mm -hmm. focus on the most important things, um, things not like bulletin boards, things not like having your room look Pinterest worthy. Hmm. Like I focus on my students and what specifically they need to grow. I don't get fancy. I, you know, I do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. And I do not wait. And I do not procrastinate and I work through my lunch and I work through my prep period and I work before and after school and then I'm done. And if I'm not done, I know it's going to be here tomorrow. Mm. So I don't know if that's like a roundabout way to answer, but I think it's just really I, for that principle to pass judgment on a teacher who says, you know, I am a really effective time manager and I don't have, and I don't, I don't have email on my phone. In fact, my husband was saying the other day, this, okay, I got off track, but my husband was saying, you know, do you think I should send this email? And I was like, I, I don't think it's a problem. They don't have to read it. He goes, I'm surprised at how many of my teachers have their email on their phone and notifications on. And I was like, are you serious? He goes, yes. He goes, and I have told them, take that off of there. And if you yeah. really feel like you need it on your phone, turn the notifications on. I will never email you something that is that important. So he is trying to advocate for teachers having their personal time, you know, and this is on their personal phone and like having those boundaries. Um, but sometimes it's it's a hard thing to buy into whenever you've grown, you know, quote unquote, grown up in a certain with certain beliefs about what a teacher should and should not do with their time. And I also feel like we're in this time of education that maybe we're coming out of right now, where it mm. feels like teachers are starting to gain some more of that that leverage, if you will. But yep. we're we've been in this time for the last ten or fifteen years where that performative culture has has prevailed. And you know, I, I was one of those teachers. I would carry a briefcase or a backpack home with me every day, just so it looked like I was taking stuff home with me. When I got home, I was never opening it, but I wanted others to think, oh, look, he's working hard because heaven forbid I walk out of the school with nothing in my hands and it looks like I didn't do anything that night. I was right. that one that would respond to emails at 730, 8 o'clock at night just so they thought, oh, look, I'm always thinking about work. Although if I didn't, it wasn't going to make a difference, but I needed to send that the, the image because I was so afraid of evaluations and judgment and I had to put on the show for everybody. You liked that gold star. Sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like in a lot of places that was the, that's been the culture for a long time that if we don't play the game, somebody else will take control and they control your fate for you. But we're in that, we're, we've, we're kind of turning that corner right now where teachers are able to, to take it back and say, no, we're going to, we'll do the job, but this is what the job is. The job is with the kiddos. The job is making sure our kids are learning, but I would also argue, and I'm going to turn it a little bit here that there are some people that have heard your message 
and have looked at you and have said, okay, I'm not, I'm not buying it because you've left jobs before you've been in different, different buildings, different districts. How can you be burned in and move around? How could you, you left traditional school to go work at a nonprofit and you call yourself burned in. Anybody could be burned in if you just left whenever things got hard. Have you heard that before, Amber? I have not actually, but I'm sure many people have thought it. Mm. Um, But I I will say when I left the district the first time I went to the nonprofit, I was not burned in. (laughs) I was really burned out. And I was really, uh, like I said, you know, 2013 through 2016, I was really on this path of like searching, like Mm -hmm. what is for me? But now that I look back and I've done, you know, so many years of this coaching and, you know, all of the work that I do with Burden Teacher, I realized that I really was doing the right thing because I was doing the right thing for me. I wasn't doing the right thing for people that were watching me. People thought I was crazy. Like, and especially when the nonprofit closed, like I felt like the biggest fool I have ever, I mean, I I failed publicly. I was in the newspaper. Like it wasn't my fault that the nonprofit closed. I was just wrong place, wrong time. They shouldn't have hired me. They should have closed it before they hired me. I failed and I failed so publicly in so many ways. And I have just come to realize that that is part of life. Mm-hmm. And I, mm. I, I will go off on a tangent about anybody that says that leaving a district or leaving a grade level or leaving teaching is not, is showing that you're not really in it, like for the kids mm. or you're not a good teacher. You know what? I, can't imagine where I would be mentally and emotionally if I was still at that first district because I was just not, I was not in a good place for myself. And how would I know, how would I know how different a teaching life can be if I didn't go out and search for it? And the fact is, this is messy. This is not a linear, this is not a linear process. And this is Mm -hmm. not a linear life. I mean, part of my burnout journey was that we picked up, we sold our house and we moved. Hmm. So this was not just about me being unhappy and unfulfilled and miserable professionally. There were things happening in my personal life that were causing me misery that I was too afraid to talk about because I'd cared too much about what other people thought about me. And when I let go of caring, giving a damn about what anybody else had to say or think about me and my life, everything everything changed. Mm. That uh, That is... That is the truth right there. I mean, that that sums up the entire message. For those people that maybe you haven't heard my story before, you know, as we're talking right now, Amber, I, I've got a hat on. I wear hats all the time. Mm-hmm. And the hat is sort of that that symbolism for me. It's it's like that facade. It's that mask that covers up the bald dome underneath <laughs> where I, I, I don't want the world to see something that I consider to be this flaw. So I have to cover it up somehow, some way. And I, I wear it all the time now because it's it's that reminder to me that we all have something. We yeah. we all wear a hat. We all wear some sort of mask. But when you can get yourself comfortable, you know, when we're done talking, the hat's going to come off because that's when I'm going to be, whew, I can be comfortable again. Well, we can get ourselves to that place where the hats can come off and the, the masks and the facades can come off in all aspects of our life. That's when you get that passion. That's when you're burned. And that's yeah. when you know you're in your sweet spot. And yeah. it sounds to me like, that's where you are right now. You speak your truth. You own it. You are who you are. Let's just live life right now. And I also have some jobs on the side. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if this doesn't work out for some reason, I don't, I cannot see for a moment, like why it wouldn't work out for me to stay here and keep teaching kindergarten in this building. But if it doesn't, that's just part of the ride. Mm-hmm. Like that's just part of this beautiful, messy, unsexy thing that we call life. And I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to have this perfect plan and to have the, you know, to show all of the perfect pieces of our lives. And of course, social media exacerbates that, but I'm just, I'm not all about that. I really am all about doing what I feel is best for me in my, in my life and in my journey. And I don't, here's the other thing too. I want to make sure to point out Dave is that when I'm, when I'm talking about all of these, um, all these beliefs that I have and all of these boundaries that I have set and, you know, all of the, um, 
all the messy changes that I've had. I haven't done any of that with a negative, nasty attitude. I, you know, I, I don't walk around pretending like I know everything just because I know what's right for me. And I, you know, I, I know my truth. Um, I, this isn't permission for you to just like stop into your, uh, principal's office and just, you know, just let him or her have it and say, I'm taking my email off my, off my phone. I'm not answering your emails anymore. I'm not working past my contract hours. You don't have to say anything to anybody. You just have to act. Mm -hmm. You just have to do what you know is right. And people will notice the change. And along comes, along with that comes building self-awareness, like projecting, you know, part of the burn-in process is understanding your teacher brand. Like, oh, have I kind of stomped around and set my boundaries really loudly? And um, am I, you know, Am I scary to people? Am I ne- am I known as negative and bossy? Is that the brand I want? You know, or do I want to be somebody who um, acts with conviction and who is steadfast in their beliefs, but is also leads with empathy and compassion and who is joyful to be around? Mm-hmm. Because people know where I stand, and a lot of things. A lot of times, I don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. They just know. A lot mm-hmm. of people that I work with know what I do on the side. I don't talk about burned in teacher unless people ask. But a lot of times when boundaries come up or time management comes up or uh, self-awareness or mindset, I always get like side looks. Like we know this is Amber's thing. <laughs> and I haven't said anything. So um, that that's a huge – that's a huge piece. Yeah. And, you know, it, because that temptation to go and just – Lay it all out there for everybody. It's that performative yeah. piece. It's the same thing as carrying that backpack home every day. Yeah. It's it's yeah. now I have to project the, the image and I have to make sure you know why I'm doing what I'm doing because I need you to think a certain way. Just do yeah. it. Just, yeah, just, do, just it. do it. Just do it. I love that. And if other people don't, that's that's their prerogative. I yeah. I can't change anybody else. Yeah. I can't change my I cannot force my students to change their behavior. I can't force them to change how they look at school. I can't change their parents. I can't change my teachers, you know, my my co-teacher. I can't change the teachers down the hall. I can't change my administrator. What I can do is expose them to other ways of being, other ways of behaving, other ways of talking, and that will lead much better than me telling everybody what they should do or telling everybody what I'm doing if I'm yes. not asked. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned early on how you've coached so hundreds of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is for the listeners because I think you already know this just by hearing what you talk about. In, in America today, there are more than 18,000 educational consultants and a consultant is different than a coach, but 18,000 consultants. When I started my journey, I was I was a consultant by nature. Um, my last name is Schmidt, and I was more concerned on creating itty bitty Schmitties than anything else. I wanted everybody to do things my way, think the way that I thought, follow this checklist so you can be just as amazing as I am. Mm-hmm. In America today, we have 18,000 people that are doing that, where they say, here are the three easy steps. Check, 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 it, check. If you follow this and do it just like I did, you're going to be amazing. As opposed to having coaches that say, hey, I'll tell you how I did it, but I'm going to stand beside you and help you figure out the way that you need to do it. And research tells us that the first approach, the itty bitty schmitty, the consultation approach, that is conformation. It's trying to get people to conform to something, which can work, but transformational change, that change that comes on the inside when somebody is standing beside you while you do it yourself with a coach next to you has a threefold increase in actually lasting change that sticks. And I think that you are making a huge difference in people's lives right now by saying, hey, this is how I do it, but that doesn't mean that's how you have to do it. I am here to stand beside you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you because there are 18,000 people out there saying they've got the secret sauce and they can't all be right. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to lean into your truth, lean into what works best for you. Yeah. That being said, you have provided a script for people. You have provided a, a recipe book, if you will. Can, can we talk just a little bit about that journey and writing Hacking Teacher Burnout, yeah. um, which is it's it's an amazing quick read that just it's so practical and so good. Hacking Teacher Burnout. Walk us through that real quick. 
Yeah. So I published with Times 10 Publications um, and it's one, it's the 24th book in the hacking series. And um, I actually, before it was published, before I reached out to Mark Barnes back in 2018, I had written it as an ebook and it really was just my first iteration of me putting on paper this process that I had in my head. Um, because when I, when I titled my blog, my Google blog back in 2016, burned in teacher, um, it, it wasn't an eight step process yet process yet. I just wanted to share my story and how I was, pro how I was mm -hmm. processing my burnout and how I was moving through and what I was learning and how I was applying it to my life. And then, um, back in 2017, I was driving to school. I still have the voice memo on my phone. I had just written uh, ditch that textbook and teach like a pirate and both ditch and pirate are acronyms and i was super inspired i read read those books over the summer of 2016 and so i was driving to school this this was a year later um and i was like okay what if burned in was a process what if b was like begin where you are and u was like understand you and r was like reflect or you know so i'm like talking through all of this and it turned into me just brain dumping all of these things, everything that I've learned through all of my self-help books that I've read and all of the personal development and everything. And it just, I fit everything that I have learned into this process. And I made all of these steps build on each other. So I feel like before we talk about hacking teacher burnout, I want people to know, like, it was an ebook that I tried to sell on my website for seven bucks for like a year and a half. <laughs> and it just, I, I just, I wanted it to be more, I wanted to get in the hands of more people because it had, I then was taking people through this process in a small group program. Mm. So I uh, contacted Mark Barnes and I said, Hey, I have this process that I created. You don't have a burnout book. This is such a huge problem. I have been through it. This is what I do. Do you think that this process would fit into your hacking series? And I was shocked. He emailed me like 10 hours later, if that, and he was like, this sounds amazing. Let's jump on the phone. And we started uh, working through building, putting my process into his very simple hacking series format. And it was just a really beautiful marriage of those two things, the hacking series and burned in teacher. And we just, we put it together in this book. So um, do you want to hear what the, you want me to just to quickly tell you uh, what the steps yeah. are? Walk okay. us through it. Walk us through okay, it. Okay, cool. So hack one is B, begin where you are. So this is really us kind of reflecting on what brought us to where we are. Okay. I'm going to go through these really quickly. And, and then uh, you is understand your teacher brand. So this is really about building self-awareness. It's about thinking about how you want to project yourself to the world. What legacy do you want to leave and how to change it up if you're not happy with the legacy you've left so far. R is reflect on your challenges. So this is really thinking about what can I control? What can't I control? What is my ego telling me I need to control versus what is it that I really could make some shifts at um, in my classroom and in my life? Um, N is nurture your strengths and habits. So this is all about getting to know yourself a little bit better, maybe taking a personality test or two, and then reflecting on your habits because all of your habits either add to or take away from your strengths. So um, so this is really about self another self-reflective pra uh, practice. And these first four steps are very internal. These are, these are the messy, unsexy, hard things that we don't do very often that I so badly needed to do. Um, because if you're faced with burnout, you have to change one, if not both, of two things. You have to change yourself and or you have to change your environment. And a lot of times teachers are changing their environment and sometimes that's a good move for them. But other times like me, for me, I really needed to change myself. And so that's really helping you to make, you know, to really build that internal self-awareness. Now, the last four steps, starting with E, is extend your reach and possibilities. So this is saying, okay, I have these challenges. Maybe it's classroom behavior. Maybe it's my toxic um, grade level. Maybe it, it is any of number of things. This is why it's so deeply personal, right? Um, where can I go for help? What books do I need to read? What podcasts do I need to listen to? Who do I need to follow on Instagram? Who do I need to unfollow on Instagram? Um, who's not helping me, right? Um, what brings me joy, right? This is where it's like you really inject your own personal values and goals into, okay, what do I, what, what could be my why for leaving teaching every day? Like for closing my computer, putting my bag away and just leaving. What is my why for that? What, what do I enjoy? And I'm not going to wait until summer to enjoy my life anymore. I'm going to do it every day. 
Um, and then uh, D is determine your long-term goals. So what is your goal? Like, do you want to continue teaching kindergarten for the next five years like I do? Awesome. Like, how can we make that happen? What do we need to do to your environment to help you to want to stay? Um, maybe you need a change. So what kind of change is that? Do you want to change grade levels? Do you need to leave this toxic work environment that you were teaching right now? Do you want to just go to a different building, different district, different title? Let, let's explore that because that's cool too right? Um, or, and personally, what do you want? For us, we like wanted to pack up and move. So do you need to move? Do you want to move? Do you know, what are your goals within the next year or three years? And um, I is a really super important one because it's about initiating lasting change. So I is about like, we can't just have goals and no action. That's just a wish. And so we talk about quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily action steps that you can take to get you closer to that goal. Uh, no matter what it is, personal, professional. And then N is never settle. So N, I'll give you a quick um, spoiler alert. N is all about helping you to understand that just because you finished this book, just because you've gone through this process does not mean that life is going to be sunshine and rainbows every day. Mm -hmm. Like stuff's going to happen. So it it teaches the fact that um, that the burn-in process is not linear. It's cyclical. So anytime you are faced with a challenge, whether it be big or small, you begin where you are. You stop and think like, okay, how long have I been feeling this way? Is this just, was this just a bad day or have I been having a series of bad days for the last three months? What's going on? What's triggering this? How long has this been happening? All right. How am I handling this? Am I handling this with the brand that I said when I read this chapter? Am I handling that the way that I would want that person to handle it? And then going on and on and on. Am I making a big deal out of something that I can't control? So reflecting on your challenges. So this is a daily process that I actually go through myself, seriously, mm. all the time um, when I'm faced with hardship. And um, yeah, so essentially that's the book and a gist. And it really like, I love that you said it is so simple and it's a quick read because that's what the hacking series is meant to do. Um, it's meant to be action that you can take tomorrow. Yeah. And that is what I'm all about. And that's why I felt like this was a perfect fit for a hacking series book. And it has just been a wonderful, wonderful um, experience. Yeah. I, I, the the book, um, first of all, I love how you especially talk about the, the end at the, at the end of it. It's it's a book that when, when I walked into it, I walked in accepting and expecting non-closure. You know, I went into it thinking, I, I need to expect that it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows. Like you said, when this is all done, this is going to unpack a bunch of stuff and it's going to unpack a bunch of work that needs to be done. But then it leads me to doing the work and it leads me to then starting that process all over again. And it was really that, that gateway drug, if you will, for me into what burned in is all about. So yeah. um, I don't know if that was the goal or not, but it worked at least for this guy. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, you're like the you're the perfect person for this book because this is not for somebody who wants to read a book and then put it down and go, oh, that was nice. Yeah. This is, I, I mean, my main mission for Burden Teacher is to activate teacher self empowerment. Like, I want you to read this book and to just be on fire for you, mm -hmm. not necessarily on fire for teaching. I want you to be on fire for you, because you. I mean, without you, I mean, this is truly like that you got to take care of yourself first before you take care of others. And normally we think about like, oh, go get your nails done, go for a walk, you know, go out on a nice date night or out with the girls or whatever for a bottle or five of wine, whatever. But a lot of that stuff can become self-destructive. And I am all about helping you to do things that are going to be self-empowering and that are going to have that ripple effect on the rest of your life. And so my main goal, I mean, one of my main top strengths is activator. Like I... I learn something and I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this now. Why wait? And that's what I want for other teachers as well. And the beauty behind it is, like you said, like it's not me telling you exactly what to do. I mean, essentially, I kind of am with it, you know, to do tomorrow. Um, and then, of course, the um, the next steps um, in the process. But I tell you what to do so you can find out what you need to do for you. Like it's just a guy. It's just really a guideposts on like, okay, have you thought about this? What has happened here? How long have you been in this place? What do you want here? It's really helping you to build clarity when we have been like working with this brain fog of burnout for so long, some people yeah. years. I mean, for me, it was like 10 years. And I had no idea what I wanted because I was just trying to do all the things. Um, so this is really meant to help to give you clarity so you can know what you want. Yeah, you know, the, the concept of burnout... <laughs> It's it's in vogue right now to talk about, but it's not new. It was right. just 
it was one of those things that was taboo to talk about for so long. And now it's front and center. So I I appreciate that you're bringing this message loud and strong right now for people to understand Mm -hmm. that we can take action. All learning is done so that we can take action. Learning leads to action. Otherwise it's just wasted thought. So I, I appreciate that. So Amber, this is something I do towards the end of, of every episode for people, because you gave us, I, I can't even tell you how many little thought nuggets here. My, my little yellow legal pad here is just filled up with, with nuggets from you. And I can only imagine the people that are listening right now while they're driving to work or are going to have to go back and listen to this all over again, like three times mm-hmm. speed to take notes because their minds are just are spinning right now. But I, I like to, to leave people with your opportunity to to drop the mic one last time, imagine that you are speaking to every educator on the planet right now, every teacher that's out there, every parent or every, every person that needs to hear this message that they know that you're about to walk off the stage. They know that you're about to just leave it. And you want them to hold on to something, something big that sums up this entire conversation. If you had that opportunity to have your mic drop moment right now for the world, what would it be? Burnout is not your fault but it is your responsibility. No one else is going to come and save you. You have to save yourself. There you go. That's good. That's a lesson for life. That is a lesson for all of us, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a 14-year-old, whether you're a 21-year-old, whether you're 40, 45, (laughs) right? That We played the blame game too long. Now it's time to take some action. That's so good. So It really is. Thank you. So Amber, um, before we sign off, all the stuff will be in the show notes, but for those people that are auditory right now and like Mm -hmm. me with listening to podcasts, very rarely actually scroll down and look at the show notes, tell people how they can connect with you and how they can find all of your resources. Yes. So definitely go to burnedinteacher.com. You can find me on all social medias, mostly Instagram at burnedinteacher. Send me a DM, say hi. Um, and then of course, if you have any, you know, I have people email you email me all of the time, um, just asking questions, sharing their story. You can email me at support at burnedinteacher.com. I read and respond to all of my emails. Um, just know that I'm here and you're not alone and you're not crazy. And I, I really, truly want to help you get out of this, this place that you're in. That's awesome. And so people listening, just know, even from afar, she didn't know it, but she's helped me. I guarantee she can help you too. So reach out to her. Um, go grab the book, listen to the, the podcast, follow, follow her on all the, on all the things, especially Instagram, especially if you want to see what it's like to walk, uh, trails every Sunday and go check out the national parks that will take you on journeys. So, <laughs> so follow along and continue to follow her story. Amber, thanks again for finding time in your busy schedule for, um, agreeing to, to have this conversation and for changing so many lives. Anytime, Dave, thank you so much for having me. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. If you're interested in learning more, feel free to listen to additional episodes or to go check out schmitto.net. That's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U.net. I hope that you will engage in the conversations that matter most. Remember, there are no taboo topics in education. <laughs>